All right, so we're going to go to Genesis 22, verse 1, and then we're going to go to Genesis 22, verse 10. I want to read both these scriptures, Dre, and then um, we're going to get started with the message, with the message. Who is ready to transition into the next season of your life? And when I say next season, I mean that God is about to bring redemption to your life. I said, Lord, what is the word? What is the word of the season? What is the word of the season? I seek his face. I prayed. <laughs> I worshiped. I didn't hear nothing. God was like, you need to come in closer. You can turn up just a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit up. And when I came to the Lord, I just kept seeking him. And all of a sudden, he said, redemption. He said, I'm about to redeem what was stolen from your life. I'm about to redeem everything that you have been through in this last season. Every, every season, every time, every week of pain, every turbulence that has happened in your relationships, with your finances, with your family, I am going to bring redemption, says the Lord. Redemption. That means there is, a, there is favor that you're about to step in. There is open doors. There has been some doors that have been jammed shut for such a long time. And God is saying, I'm about to redeem you, my son. I'm about to redeem you, my daughter. And I'm about to open up the windows of heaven over your life. I'm not just trying to sound charismatic. I'm not just trying to sound like one of those preachers like, come on, God gonna bless you. That's, this is exactly what I'm not doing. I'm literally bringing the word of the Lord. And he said, this is the season of redemption. This is the season of redemption. Because when the children of Israel were in Egypt, they were enslaved, right? When the children of Israel, get this. This is not even about today, but this is what God is doing. When the children were in Israel, children of Israel, they didn't leave being enslaved until all the plagues took place, right? There's been plagues that have been happening in this land around the world, the pandemic. But when there is a plague in the world, God is always transferring the wealth of the wicked to the righteous. And so this is the season when the children of Israel were coming out of Egypt, the Egyptians gave to them their gold, their silver, their wealth. God was redeeming his children from all the years and all the time they were enslaved. All the torment, all the pain that they went through, when they came out of Egypt, they came out wealthy. They came out promoted. They came out with peace. They came out on top. And God is saying, just like you see in this land today, my children who have been faithful during these dark times, I'm telling you right now, the word of the Lord is, you are coming out of this season promoted. You're coming out of this season with wealth of wisdom, with wealth of the spirit, with wealth of knowledge, with financial breakthrough, family breakthrough. Redemption is coming. Redemption is coming. Amen. That's not even about today. That, that's, that's for next week. And I'm, God is like, he got me like all like, like what day is it? Okay. Uh, but anyways, I, that's the word of the Lord. Anyway, we'll get back to that. All right. So it says, Genesis 22 verse 1, it says, Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, here I am. Then he said, take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I shall tell you. 
Genesis 22, verse 10, and says, And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And so he said, Here I am. He said, Do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know. For now I know, says the Lord, that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son for me. God says, now I know that you are ready because you have not withheld the things that have been in your hands. I'm going to say it again. God is about to bless Abraham to be a father of a nation, many nations. And, and, the, and the determining factor was, now I know, because you released what was in your hand. You trusted the thing that I gave you. you. You gave it right back to me. And because you did that, this is now going to be the open door that's going to take you to the next dimension and level of your life. What are you holding on to that God is saying it's time to release? What are you holding on to? Now, this is the word of the Lord. We're complaining, God, how come I'm still in this debt? How come I'm still struggling in my marriage? How come I'm still going around the same addictions I've had my entire life? Why am I still battling the same demons? And God is saying, look, I've already given you the power and authority, but there's something that you're holding on to that you need to release. What if, you, what if we are preventing our own breakthrough? What if we are getting in the way of God's breakthrough? We're mad at God and God is like, I'm trying to bless you but you're still holding on to the thing that I'm telling you to release. In this season, God is gonna show you the thing to release because once you release what he, wants to, to, what, what, what he wants you to give him in your heart, all of a sudden you're going to experience a window of heaven like never before. I'm telling you right now. The name of this message and the name of the series, woo, we about to get into this thing, man. It is called Control Freak. Uh-oh. Listen, we did a 10-week series on identity. Wasn't that a blessing? We had Dan and Blake come in, my boy come in, and then we had Pastor Maral bring the word last week. Amazing. But now we're starting a new series called Control Freak. Everyone say, Control Freak. Father, bless this message today. Anoint us. Let us have impact with you. Let us encounter your presence. Holy Spirit, have your way in here. Angels, we thank you for your angels to be in here, to minister to people, to bring healing to people in the name of Jesus. Father God, I call for healing from heaven. Any pain in people's backs, physical pain, be healed in the name of Jesus. Any ringing in the ears, anybody experiencing anything with their ears, be healed now in the name of Jesus. Any, any headaches. Any, any things that have been going on in your mind, be healed now in the name of Jesus. I speak healing over fear. Fear, get cast out now in the name of Jesus. Anybody who's dealing with anxiety, peace be still now over your life and over your heart and over your future right now in the name of Jesus. Peace be still. And Father, I thank you for such a focus in this place that no distraction is going to get in the way of the mission and the assignment that you have for your people today, right now, in the name of Jesus. Supernatural focus to receive what you have in store. If you are in agreement, everyone say, Amen. You may be seated. You know, growing up, uh, you know, I dealt with a lot of anxiety. I dealt with... Uh, a lot of anxiety, and I would often have these surprise panic attacks that I would go through. It was so embarrassing, guys. I'm telling you, I would be talking to somebody, and all of a sudden, I would have a panic attack. 
And the person I'm speaking to would be like, <laughs> you're crazy. And it would just happen. It was just this season where I would have these panic attacks. And I literally went through a time where I felt physical pain in my body. It, right here on the side of my chest, it was a physical pain, and it was due to anxiety, and it was due to fear. And simultaneously, I was battling depression. And I remember I was at this powerful church, powerful Holy Spirit revival church, right? And I'm getting prayer every single week. I'm, I'm going to Tuesday prayer. I'm going to Wednesday service. I'm in, they, I think they had a Saturday night service. People are like, why are you here every day? <laughs> I, was, I was at church every day. I was so hungry for God. And I would get prayer from powerful people. I would get prayer from pastors and leaders. And, and I even got prayer from some prophets. And I would be in my word every single day going after God and and. and I would attend church service after church service, but I would always leave the same. I would just leave the same. I would have this pain inside of me, this anxiety, and nothing could take it away. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> and one day, I couldn't take it no more, and I just cried out to the Lord. I just cried out to the Lord because this pain was in my body was getting so intensified every single day and I'm embarrassing myself in front of people and now I'm afraid to go into social environments because I don't know if I'm gonna have a panic attack. And so I cried out to the Lord and, and I cried out and I said, God, why am I still dealing with this anxiety? And God finally spoke. You know what he said to me? He said, son, you're not an anxious person. You're a control freak. And he said, if you can release the control over your life and give it to me, if you can release the control over your finances and surrender it to me, if you can release the worry about your future and give it to me, if you can release the, 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 the torment in your mind, the mental stress that you are carrying for your family and release it to me, if you can just surrender the control of everything that you are facing, I'm telling you right now, you're going to be able to step into the peace and the love and the power and the purpose that I've laid aside for you. If you could just give it to me. And he said, because, son, I have a plan for your life. And he said, I have a plan to prosper you, not to harm you, but plans to give you a hope and a future. And he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, but I need you to wake up every single day and I need you to surrender your life to me. I need you to say, God, you can take this worry. God, you can take this stress. God, you can take this deadline. God, you can have it. He said, start your day by releasing the control over to me. And as soon as I began to do that, I started to walk in this supernatural peace. Amen? And so I want to admit a weakness to you guys, if I could be real. We're family, right? Can I be real? Can I be real with you guys? We're family. She said, please, be real, please. Because <laughs> you're lying all the time. Be real. No, um, <laughs> you know, uh, one of my weakest moments that I, that I can admit, all right, I can admit this, I'm mad enough to admit it, is when I'm watching TV with my wife. And, you know, I'm watching something, I'm really into it, you know, and I got the, I got the remote control in my hand. Got the remote control in my hand. This is mine. This is mine. We're watching what I want to watch. We're watching it. I'm, I'm in this. And she's sitting on the couch, she's looking at me, her little, you know. And I always know when she's up to something when she talks like this. Sweetie? I'm like, uh-oh. Can, can I have the remote control? 
And it's the question of all questions. I'm sitting there into it. And all of a sudden, she asked the question, can I have the remote control? And I'm like, oh, Lord, I don't know what it is. It's just the, it is the, I'm telling you right now, everything in me knows that she's about to change it to something that I have no desire to watch. And in that moment, everything in me wants to say no. Because deep down inside, I, I am a remote control freak. And the truth of the matter is, is that you may not be walking around holding on to a remote control that you cannot let go of. But maybe, maybe it's a person that you've been holding on to. Ooh. Maybe it's a man that you've been holding on to. Maybe it's a, it's a woman that you've been holding on to or a relationship that you've been holding on to. Or maybe, or maybe it's not a remote control that you've been having issues with, but maybe, maybe it's a, maybe it's, it's a, it's a website or, or a page that you've been holding on to that you cannot seem to release the control over. Or maybe it's not a remote control that you've been holding on to that you can't let go of, but, but maybe it's this addiction. That, that you know is not good for your mind, for your body, for your spirit, but you can't release it because there is a lie that speaks to you and says that you are different without this drug. That you cannot do certain things the same without this drug. And God has been saying, I need you to release the control. Release the control over to me because I'm trying to do something in your life that you've never seen before. If you could just trust me. Trust that I have plans to prosper you, not to harm you, but plans to give you a hope and a future. And although we've been growing in our identity, we say no. Because secretly we've been battling being a control freak. You know, I read an article about, uh, about control freaks, and it said that when someone is a control freak, they often cause frustration with the people around them and cause resentment with the people around them, because we feel like we have to be in control in order to get our needs met. But this is what it says in Philippians 4.19. It says, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. What does this mean? This is very powerful. My God, Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all my needs. Everyone say all my needs. According, this is very powerful, to his lack According to him, God just trying to get by you. He's just trying to help you out. He's just, he like, you coming to God. I'm like, just give me a second. <laughs> give me, give me about a month. <laughs> let, me, let me work it out for you. God says, let me work it out for you. No, no, no. It says, according to his what? Riches. riches. Do you know that you serve a rich God? Do you know that your father who, who is so in love with you? Listen, I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you've done. You are righteous. Everyone say, I am righteous. I am righteous. You are righteous not because of what you do. It's not because of what you've done. You are righteous because of what Jesus has done. And God, God sent Jesus to take your place because he knew that you couldn't do it on your own. And so you are in righteousness means right standing. It means that you are in right standing with God. Meaning when you come to the Lord, it doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done, right? You don't have to come with shame. You don't have to come with condemnation. You don't have to come and, and, and pray with, with half of faith because of what you, you know what you did last night. 
You come to him and you say, God, I thank you, Lord, that you love me. I thank you that you forgive me. I thank you that I am yours. And I thank you that you have a plan for my life. Father, take this. And the enemy wants you to feel disqualified from praying. The enemy wants you to feel disqualified from releasing things because of the things that you've done. And it is a lie. It is a lie. Jesus said, come to me with all, all you who labor and I will give you rest. Jesus said, come to me, all you who labor. He didn't say all you who had a good week. <laughs> all, you, all, all you that didn't cuss nobody out a few days ago. <laughs> can, I, can, I, can I be real? What's, dang, man. Yeah. Thank you, Renee. Thank you, Renee. It's her birthday today. She got her squad here. Can we just get up for Renee? Thank you. Thank you. On her birthday, she like, thank you. Thank you. Listen, don't let nothing disqualify you and all that God has for you. Amen? Amen. But let me just say this. It says that control freaks. We about to, we about to, you don't even know where we're going today. Just, just, just buckle up. Buckle up. This is just that. The appetizer. God is taking us somewhere. But it says that control freaks often cause frustration with the people around them. But what if you're not the root of frustration to the people around you? What if you're the root of frustration to yourself? What if you're dealing with frustration in your personal life? What if you've been dealing with frustration in your purpose, trying to figure out what am I supposed to do with my life? What's going to fulfill me? What is the hole that I'm struggling with? What if you're dealing with frustration, figuring out, God, I just want the fulfillment. I, I know I'm working at this job and it's paying me good, but I'm still unhappy. What am I supposed to do? But, but, but what if the frustration is coming because God is asking for the remote control of your life? But you say, no, because you think he's going to put it on something that's not going to fulfill you. But the truth of the matter is, is that when you release what is in your hands, you cannot outgive God. Do you know that you cannot outgive God? Whatever you surrender to him, he will always bless you with an upgrade. I'm going to say it again. Your flesh makes you think that you have to hold on to this relationship, <laughs> that you have to hold on to this situation, that you have to hold on to it because deep down inside you're like, God, if I give this up, where is the fulfillment going to happen? Like, I don't want to be left stranded. But God said, I will never leave my children stranded begging for bread. That's not just talking about finances. That's talking about fulfillment. That's talking about every void in your heart. God is saying, if you can come to me, I will fill it like never before that no man, no woman can ever touch. I'm going to fill you like no car can touch, no house can touch, no paycheck can touch, no corporation can touch. If you can just release what's in your hands. Amen. He said, I'm going to do exceedingly and abundantly in your life. Let me tell you this. Did you know that you could take every pres prescribed medication but never truly find deliverance with anxiety and fear? Ooh, making a lot of therapists mad right now, but <laughs> listen, I'm telling you right now, you know the reason why? You may get medicated and you may be, I don't feel anything. I feel good. But, but your heart's still the same. Your heart's still the same. You can medicate yourself all you want, but your heart is still the same. You can play, play, play tricks on your mind, but your heart is still the same. Because the root of it, what, what if you're not really dealing with depression? What if you're truly not really dealing with anxiety? What if you're not really even dealing with stress? What if you're just dealing with control? What if you're just dealing with control? What if it's just a control issue? What if all these issues that are in our heart and in our life right now is just stemming from you not wanting to release it to the one who has all the answers? 
This is what it says in Philippians 4, 6. Look, look at this. Philippians 4, 6. Philippians 4, 6 says, be anxious for if some, if this is in the word and it says be anxious for nothing, can you understand this? That God will never allow anything to be in the word that's not true. So if it says be anxious for nothing, that means God has given you the power to not be anxious about anything. That means it's really true. That means there's a power from heaven that you can walk in your life, no matter what financial storm you're facing, no matter what division is happening with your kids, no matter what state your future is in. I don't care the disarray that is happening on the news and in culture and you wake up to drama every single day. There is still a supernatural peace that you can access, that you can walk in through the storm, through of life, through every trial and tribulation, not being moved, not being anxious. God has given you a power that is surpasses all understanding. He says, do not be anxious for anything, but in everything. I want to teach you how to surrender the control of your life and allow him to have the control. Allow God to have the control. It changes your life. It changed my life. I dealt with depression. That's over with. I dealt with pain in my body. I haven't had that in 10 years. I'm telling you right now because God taught me how to walk this life out, surrendering everything to him. I don't need to carry stuff no more. I surrender it. I surrender it. <laughs> When I go to sleep, guess what? I'm sleeping. God, I don't know how I'm going to pay this tomorrow. I know I just got into this argument with this person, and now i got to deal with this. But I'm going to sleep because I know you're going to work it out. Here are the two things. This is how we surrender our control for God's control. It says, it says but in everything. When, when this says everything, I want you to know right now as the phone rings, even for your phone and everything. Control that phone. You see that? You control the phone. In everything, this is talking about every little thing in your life to every major thing in your life. Everything in your life from the, I don't care, from, from what am I going to wear tomorrow? Every little thing in your life. In your life, God is saying, and for you to release the control, this is what you have to do. It says, but in everything, by, y'all read, is it up there? I need y'all to participate with me, Lord. This is, this is, we doing this together, okay? But in everything, by, the number one thing for you to exchange your control for God's control is prayer. You pray about every single thing that pops up in your life. I don't care how small it is, how big it is. Holy Spirit, I need your help. God, I need your help. I don't know what to do here. God, I surrender this to you. Oh, this situation, I don't have the answer. I've, been, I, I've, been, I've talked to people, and, and they wanted me to talk to them about the Lord, and they had questions for me, and I may not know the answer. But in my mind, I'm praying. <laughs> I'm like, Holy Spirit, you know what to say. Give me the answer. Give me something. They're like, why are you doing that with your lips? I'm like, good, I'm good. I'm listening. I'm listening. And all of a sudden... All of a sudden, a revelation just comes, and I step in, and, and, and I speak what God is telling me. They're like, wow. And I walk away like, oh, thank you, God. You are so worth Thank you, God. He says, in everything, little or big, prayer. And then it says supplication, just which means humility. And then it says with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is worship. So here are the two ways that you can exchange your control for God's control. It is prayer, and it is worship. You pray and you worship, meaning, meaning worship doesn't always have to be put on music. Like, ah, yeah. okay. What I mean by worship, I'm just meaning there's a thanksgiving. There's a thank you, God. Listen, we say this all the time, and we know this here at Purpose Place LA. When you pray something, you just ask one time. 
after you ask, you receive it. So faith is receiving what you've already prayed for. I don't have to beg God to bring for, for this person to know Jesus. I don't have to beg God for this situation financially to happen in my life. I don't have to beg God for favor at my job. All I got to do is ask one time as his child. And God says that, that in Mark eleven twenty three, those who ask in faith, if you receive it, it shall be done for you. So all I got to do is receive it. And by me receiving it, that is me thanking God. When someone gives you something that you ask for, if you a polite person, what do you say? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We are so rude to God. We never thank him. He just giving us stuff and he'd be like, mm-hmm. We are like so entitled and we walk around with unbelief and bitterness in our heart. But true faith is when you receive it. So when you so it says here the two things. This is this is it right here. It says by prayer and with thanksgiving, meaning you receive what you pray for. And what you do is, if you say, thank you, God, if I'm stressing about a certain situation in my life, I pray at one time, and then afterwards I come back and I just start thanking him. God, I thank you that you've given this to me. It's not here yet, but I know it is coming. I thank you in the name of Jesus that you have supplied all my needs. God, I thank you. And it may not be here the next day or the next day or the next day. There was something that we believed for with, with a family situation. We waited seven years. And you know what? It took seven years. But, but even in the sixth year, I was like, thank you, God. Thank you, God, that you're bringing reconciliation. Thank you, God, that you're turning the situation around. Thank you, God, because we had received it. And if you receive it, you shall have it. And that is your peace. Look at this. This is what happens after you do your prayer and after you do your Thanksgiving. This is what happens next. It's supernatural. The world can't explain it. It says, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. This is your request known to God through your worship, through your prayer. And then it says this, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. This is called supernatural peace. You access a heavenly peace, not of this realm, not of this world, but it is of the kingdom. It doesn't matter what you're facing and what you're going through. All I got to do is surrender it to you and thank you, God. And all of a sudden, I access a peace. I just know God's going to take care of it. I just know God has my back. I know God has my family. I know God has my children. I know God has my finances. I know God has my career. I know God has my healing. God, I thank you. I'm in your peace. And I'm telling you right now, it doesn't make sense. It surpasses your understanding. And then it does this. It says it will finish the sentence. It will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Meaning not only are you going to access a supernatural peace, but there's a peace that you can access that becomes like your body armor. It protects you. It becomes your shield. It becomes your helmet. There's a peace that you walk in and someone can make a comment about something that used to strike a nerve, but all of a sudden it doesn't strike the nerve because you are covered by the peace of God. Yes. This happens through prayer and thanksgiving. Woo! Man. It says, that my next point is, our control is blocking our breakthrough because our control is pride. First Peter 5, 6. Some of us have been in the way, and I want to show you how to get out the way. Can I just show you how to get out the way, please? Because you've been praying for something. You've been praying for something. God's trying to, but you, you, you're blocking it. <laughs> First Peter 5, 6. It says, therefore, humble yourselves 
under the mighty hand of God. Everyone say mighty hand of God. Mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Do you know that your father wants to promote you more than you want to be promoted? We think God is mean. God, why are you taking so long in this area? Like, you forgot about me. Like, no, God wants to bless you. He wants to give you the desires of your heart, but you are blocking it. That's messed up. We're going to block God and be mad at him. I just thank you. Let's can we just thank God for his patience. Father, I thank you for your patience. I thank you for your patience, Lord. Oh, my goodness. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. And this is what happens, that he may exalt you in due time. And this is how you, this is how you humble yourself. We just think humility is like, no, no, I'm, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about spiritual humility, and this is what it is. It's casting all your cares upon him, casting every single area of your life on God. It is surrendering the control from your life to, his, to him. It is saying, God, you can have it. I surrender it to you. I give you my life's remote control. Just take it, God. Show me what to do. Lead me. Lead me. Guide me. And when you do that, you finally get out the way. And, and it says that the mighty hand of God will begin to move in your life. You know, a lot of us have not experienced the supernatural hand of God because we've been blocking it trying to work out the situation with our own hand. I'm going to say it again. Many of us have not experienced the supernatural hand because we've gotten in the way trying to work out the situation with our hand. And God is saying, if you can just move out the way, you'll finally see my glory and my blessings unfold in your life. Amen? Amen. Romans 8.14, this is what it says. It says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God. These are sons of God. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. We spoke about identity for 10 weeks, right? But it's impossible to be led by the Spirit of God and be in control at the same time. It's impossible. Uh, I want to show you this. I want to show you this. Um, babe, can you come up? I need a... Can you guys get up for my wife? Get up for my wife. This is, I'm going to put this on, okay? I'm going to use this as a mask. This, I mean, as a blindfold, yeah. It, it is a mask. My mom said, it is a mask, honey. <laughs> Thanks, Javier. Appreciate it. Give it up for Javier. Woo! So this is what it says. It says in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, it says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. Let me say it again. We walk by faith, not by sight. Let me just show you what we are doing to hold up the blessings of God. Can I just show you real quick? Yeah. Okay. This usually goes over your mouth, but I'm going to do something different. It's a new one. <laughs> so, so my wife is going to be the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I need you because I'm about to fall off, okay? <laughs> now, this is what happens, okay? God says, I want you to trust me in this season. I want you to be led by me. I'm holding on your hand. You have nothing to worry about. So the Holy Spirit leads you. You're like, okay, God, I'm here. The Holy Spirit leads you. This is very scary. <laughs> the Holy Spirit leads you. And then the Holy Spirit says, 
son, daughter, I, I need you to surrender these finances to me. But every single time God puts on your heart to give or to sow or to help someone in need, you only look at what's leaving your hands. And you don't understand that God is just trying to put more in your hands while blessing someone else. And so we say, God, I can't. I'm looking at my bank account. I'm looking at my. I just I, I can't. I, I can't do it. I can't do it. Not right now. Not right now. I get paid next month. I get I'm expecting a big check next next month. And what we do is we sit down. And then the Holy Spirit may press upon your heart. Holy Spirit, lead me. Holy Spirit is leading you. And the Holy Spirit says to you, daughter, son, I need you to get away from this person. I need you to cut off this relationship because they just keep, they, 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 they remind you of your old self and they, they keep bringing you back to the place where I've already delivered you from. But then you say, I, I, I'm lonely. I, I'm lonely. I just, I can't. And so we get in control. I can't do it. And then we, we, we sit down. We sit down. This is the safe place. We sit down. And so the Holy Spirit <laughs> begins to say, son, daughter, I, I need you to not worry about your job anymore. Don't worry about your career. Don't worry about your business. I got you. I got you. Don't worry about your job and what's going on at your job right now. Just be faithful where you are. Be faithful where you are, and I'm going to promote you. Just be faithful where you are, and I'm going to promote you. But we want to get in the way and analyze everything, but it just doesn't make sense. This is not fair. I've been going through this for so long, and, and, and we just feel like we got to get in control again, and, and we, we sit down. Did you notice that every single time I want to see what's going on, I sit down? Every single time I want to be in control, I sit down? Every single time, right? Take this. <laughs> because the thing is, is that, thank you so much. This right here is called natural sight. Everyone say natural sight. Natural sight. And when you're walking in natural sight, you have to see what's going on first before stepping out on faith. You have to try to have everything lined up before you're able to step out on the thing that God has called you to do. But the thing about natural sight is every time you try to see what's going on, it doesn't make sense. I got to work with that. I got I to figure it out my mind. Every time you do that, what happens is you stop being led by the spirit of God and you begin to sit down in your purpose. And there's many people right now that are sitting down. You may be getting older, you know Jesus, but you're not moving in your purpose. You're not moving in the things that God has for you. You're in the same place spiritually where you were two years ago. You're in the same place spiritually that you've been in previous seasons. You're going through the same things. And the reason why is because you want to have the control. You want to have the control in your life. And so this looks like a lot of the church, you know, especially in Western culture, where we're not moving, nothing's being changed. The industry is not being transformed. Neighborhoods are still the same. There's still drama, what we see on the news and on social media. There's so many things and God has given us the power, but many of us are sitting down and we're sitting down because we have rejected the, the leading of the Holy Spirit because we just rather be in control. We rather just have control. And God is saying that it's time for my people to release the control. The control. Amen? Amen. 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 
I want to say this. God doesn't lead you in your natural sight. He leads you in your spiritual sight. And so if you notice, the scripture says for Hebrews 11, get this right now. Hebrews 11 says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. The only way to move in the spirit and in your purpose is when you have a blindfold on called faith. The reason why we're not able to grow in our faith is because we always have to see what's going on first. And so because we have to see what's going on first, we have to try to make sense of what God is trying to do in our life. I can't let go of this. I can't let go of that. We just take a seat and we sit in the same seat for 10 years because we're afraid of releasing something and God is trying to give us an upgrade. So the only way for you to progress in your purpose with God, hear me right now, is if you surrender the control and be led by the Spirit of God. But the Spirit of God, this is the catch, when the Spirit of God leads you, you're not always going to see where you're going. But you have to trust that he is leading you. You have to trust the Holy Spirit that God is taking you somewhere that you couldn't get to on your own. That God is leading you to a season of surplus. He's leading you into a season through the wilderness to bless you, to, to, to allow you to walk in a love and a peace that you've never experienced in your life. Amen? Amen. I want to close with this. Have you guys been blessed? God is speaking. Amen. Amen. God has been speaking. I want to close, I want to close with this. And we're going to go to Genesis 16, 1. Can, can I get a little bit more real, please? <laughs> We're going we're gonna to turn it up a little bit. Can we turn it up a little bit? <laughs> we're going to turn it up. Turn it up. So there's a couple named Abraham and Sarah, all right? And God meets them where they are and gives them a promise and says that you are going to be parents. You're going to be parents. And not only are you going to be parents, but you're going to be a, a parent over nations. This is Abraham and Sarah, okay? The only problem is, is that Abraham and Sarah are in their 70s. And at this point, it's just impossible, and so God gives them a word. They receive the word in faith, but then they wait. Everyone say wait. wait. Woo! I should have called this message the waiting game. They wait. Let me ask you this. What has God promised you that you're still waiting on? What has God spoken to you, showed you in a vision or a dream or put something in your heart? Maybe someone prophesied over you. Maybe someone gave you a word. Maybe, maybe someone spoke something over you when you were younger and you knew it was true, but it still hasn't materialized yet. What, what, are, what are the things that God has spoken to you about in terms of your family, in terms of where he's taking you, that you still haven't seen come to pass yet? Because I want to show you how we start off with faith, but then something happens. There's a temptation that comes to move us out of our position. So it says, now Sarai, Abram's wife, verse 16, had borne him no children. And she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. Everyone say Hagar. Hagar. Hagar symbolizes, Hagar symbolizes a bunch of things. But the first thing that Hagar symbolizes, she symbolizes the, the, the shortcut to God's promise. She symbolizes the easy way out, the quick fix. That's Hagar right? But how many do you know the enemy will lie to you and say, this is the easy way out? Cheat here. Cheat a little bit. Hey, meet your needs. You deserve it. You're human. You're human. You work hard. You live your life. <laughs> Take the easy way out. Take the easy way. Take the shortcut. 
But how many do you know that there are no shortcuts in Jesus? There are only setbacks. Whew. So this is what happens. So Sarah said to Abram, because they've been waiting, right? When, you, when you're waiting on the, on the thing that God has promised you, this is what we deal with. So Sarah said to Abram, see now, the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Please. She's begging her. <laughs> wow. This definitely was like thousands of years ago. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I shall obtain children by her. And it says Abram didn't even, Abram didn't get no argument with this. <laughs> Abram, but he been arguing with her about everything. <laughs> Except this. <laughs> Yes, I'm. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, so, so it says that Abraham immediately heeded the voice of Sarah. So let me tell you this. They receive a word from God, right? This is so, so powerful. They receive a word from God. They receive a promise from God. But this is what happens when you start off in faith and you're awaiting. The number one temptation that comes to, to tempt us, to move us from faith to being in control, is a word called time. Because it's taken too long, I got to do this on my own. Because this is taken too long, I'm going to have to meet my own needs. Because this is taking too long, I got to get in and I got to do something. But you don't realize that you just moved from a place of faith and trusting the Holy Spirit for the direct time and the direct season to stepping in and trying to handle the remote control of your life. And there are no, there are no shortcuts. There are only setbacks. Let me tell you this. When you're moving in a place of faith and you're waiting on God, there's always a Hagar that is standing around. Always. There's always a Hagar standing around your family, around your marriage, around your career. Around. There's always an easy way out that's standing right there, smiling, shining, just, just waiting for the opportunity for you to step into this and leave a place of faith, allowing the devil to come in and bring havoc in your life, to leave you broke, to leave you depressed, to leave you in shame, to leave you condemned, to leave you feeling even more lonely, that's what the enemy wants to do to your life, to get you to the point where you want to commit suicide. This is a Hagar. You know, I remember uh, it was a few years ago, and we were, we were around some people, and we really knew they wanted us to start a church. Like, we knew we were called to start a church, but it wasn't the right season yet. It wasn't the right time yet, but we had a bunch of people around us, and we felt like, you know, they didn't really necessarily say it like that, but we knew that there was this idea, why don't you just start the church right now? And we knew if we started the church then, we would be getting with Hagar. Hagar stands for, get this, stepping into anything before God's perfect timing. Do you know that God has a plan for your life? Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, but plans to give you hope in the future. God's plan is very organized. He's a very detailed-oriented God. He has everything figured out for you. You don't have to figure anything else out. That's why you go to prayer, and the Holy Spirit just downloads wisdom and instruction and direction, and you write it down on what to do. He has it. And then there are seasons where he doesn't give you the instruction. He just says, go do it. When you go do it, I'll give you the next step. <laughs> Sometimes he does that. 
But all in all, he still has all the details and all the plans. Did you know that you, like, like I said, Hagar is anything that you could step out before God's timing. Did you know that you could work at a Hagar? You stepped into a position that you thought you needed at that moment and you panicked, but God was telling you to wait. I got something better. Did you know that you could be dating a Hagar? God told you this is the season for you to be single so I can work in your heart and work and bring healing from the past relationships that you've experienced. But because you had to be in control, you got with Hagar. Did you know? I'm so sorry. Did you know that you could be Tracy? I'm coming for you right now. (laughs) Did you know that you could be driving a Hagar? Or living in a Hagar? Where God said it's not the season yet. I know you want to look good. I know you want to live. I know, I know the pressures of life said you got to have this house and you got to have this and have that. But, but, but it's a premature season. I actually got something better for you not to even go in debt. But we wanted to take the shortcut because Hagar is standing right there. And so it says, then Sarai said to said to Abram, well, actually, you know, Sarah, she didn't say nothing. She just took Hagar, her maid. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I thought she at least said something. She said, look, come here, come here, you, you too. Then Sarah, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, and gave her to her husband, Abram, to be his wife. So he went with Hagar, and uh, she got pregnant. I'm going to break this down. Whew. God told Abraham. He said, I'm going to make you a father of many nations, but it's going to come through Sarah. It's going to come through Sarah. I want to say Sarah. Sarah. God has a blessing for your life, but guess what? It's going to come through. You're not with me right now. God has a blessing for your life. For everybody in here and everyone who is watching, God has a blessing for your life, but it's only going to come through not Hagar, not Hagar. But Abraham takes the easy way out. Because he, I mean, he, God gave him a word and he didn't put up a fight. He said, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> and he ends up getting Hagar pregnant. Do you know that she gives birth to a boy? This boy grows up. His name is Ishmael. He becomes the father of the Muslim nation. He is the father of the Arabs. He's the father of the number one enemy still to this day to the Jewish people. Abraham and Sarah have a son, second son, who is the son of the promise. His name is Isaac. And there's still today a war that is happening every single time we turn on the TV between Ishmael's descendants and Isaac's descendants, all because two people were moved out of faith to holding the control. I want to go just a little deeper. So God introduces himself to Abraham and he says, he says, when God introduces himself to Abraham, he says, I am God. I am your great reward. Everyone say great reward. reward. I am your great reward. Who wants the great reward? Come on. Who wants the great reward? But can I share this with you? 
Hagar's name means my reward. He went from the great reward to getting my reward. This reward, Hagar's reward, stands for the reward that you get when you move in your flesh. The reward that you get when you step into being in control. You see, this reward is not just a reward. It's a hellish reward. So Abraham and Sarah reject the great reward and they inherit a hellish one just because they couldn't release the control in our life. And I'm telling you right now, that we, we got some hellish rewards. <laughs> some of us got some hellish rewards we're dealing with right now, right? That God is knocking on the door of your heart. God had to show me about a hellish reward in my life recently. And I said, God, you can take it. You can take it, God. I trust you. And so there are some hellish rewards that we're dealing with right now. And the Lord is saying, it's time for you to surrender this hellish reward with, to me so I can replace it with my great reward. Amen? Amen. I'm really, really going to close with this. You guys can, uh, you can stand to your feet. I'm going to close with this. Just Genesis 22. So God redeems because God is a redeemer. He's a redeemer. I don't care what you've been through, what you've been facing, what you have been fighting. God is a redeemer. No matter how many Ishmael's you've burst, no, no matter how many Hagar's you've gotten with. I'm telling you right now that God is not mad at you. He's not disappointed in you, but God wants to redeem you. Amen. God redeems Abraham. He wants to redeem Abraham. So, so Abraham and Sarah, they have their child. His name is Isaac. And God shows up to see where Abraham is. Is Abraham still holding the control? Or is Abraham graduated into surrendering the control to God? You know, God will visit you in areas where in a past season you weren't ready to give it up. And God will come back again and knock on the door of your heart and say, are you ready? Now you tried it your way. Am I speaking? Am I, am I alone here? Did, did this just happen to me? Like... He'll come to you and say, okay, the last time I had this conversation with you, you weren't ready to hand over the control. But then you went through life, right? You, you, you experienced what you experienced. He'll come back again and say, are you ready now, son? Are you ready now, daughter? So he comes back to Abraham and he says, are you ready now? He says, I want you. This is what it says. It says, now it came to pass that God tested Abraham. And Abraham said, here I am. Then he said, take now your son, your dream, your dream. Take, take now your only dream, who, who you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt sacrifice. Basically, I want you to sacrifice the thing that is the most dearest to you, meaning are you able to surrender this to me? Am I able to be your God? And so Abraham is being led by God. Abraham doesn't know which mountain to go to because guess what? God is teaching him how to be led by the Spirit. So Abraham is being led by the Spirit of God. He doesn't know where he's going, but God says, when you get there, I'm going to tell you. So he's being led by the Spirit of God because God is breaking control off of his life. And I'm telling you right now, if you feel uncomfortable right now, it's because God is breaking control off of your life. If you don't know the direction you're heading, if you don't know the direction of this, or you don't know what you're supposed to do here, I'm telling you right now, it's because the Holy Spirit is saying, I need you, son. I need you, daughter, to surrender and trust me. It's going to be uncomfortable, but I'm doing a healing on the inside of you. You don't know all the answers. It's okay. So this is what happens in Genesis 22:10. Says and Abraham stretched out his hand. He took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called him from heaven and said, "Abraham, Abraham." 
He said, here I am. And God said, do not lay your hand on your son or do anything to him. For now, (laughs) for now I know. What was God saying? He said, now I know that you're not a control freak no more. Now I know that you've released control. Now I can finally give you what I've been wanting to give you all this time. Because God wants you to have the very thing that you desire more than you do. He said, now I know. Now I know. And I prophesy over your life right now that you're stepping into a season of a now I know. Come on. You're stepping into a time of your life that you've never experienced before because God is saying, now I know. Now I know. Let's just surrender to him right now. Come on. Don't look at me. Just have this moment between you and the Lord. Just, he's been speaking to you. Just surrender. Just, just, just surrender right now. I encourage you to surrender everything right now. Just come on. Surrender everything you've been going through. Surrender all your flaws, your weaknesses. Surrender the drama. Surrender the tension. Surrender unforgiveness of people that have done you wrong and continue to do you wrong. Surrender them. Sometimes you got to surrender people. God, I give you them. <laughs> surrender your future. Surrender every aspect of your heart. Surrender right now. Hand Jesus your remote control. Because God is about to change it to something (laughs) that you're going to wish you had given the remote control years ago. He's going to change it to something that is going to be exceedingly and abundantly above all you can think, hope, or imagine. Who is ready to step into this next season? Come on. If you are here today and you've never invited Jesus into your heart because you thought you were unqualified or you thought that that you, you messed up too much, you weren't ready, I encourage you to invite him in because God wants to come in your mess. <laughs> He's not afraid of dirt. He's not afraid of dirt. He's not afraid of your mess. He wants to make your mess into a message for your life. Or maybe you've walked away from him and the Lord is saying, all you got to do is just say, God, I need you. God, I'm here. God, take me. And he's back right there with you like, it, like you've never separated before. If that is you, we're all going to just pray together. I want to pray. I want to decree and I want to declare this. Just repeat after me as we decree and declare this in faith. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, come on. I, re- I release the control of my family, of my future, of my career, of my flaws of my weaknesses of everything I'm facing take my burden you can have it I don't want to carry it no more and father help me to release this every single day in Jesus mighty name Jesus you clap Jesus For those of us that haven't come into my heart, be my Lord, be my Savior. I thank you for loving me. I thank that you're my Father. Holy Spirit, baptize me with your power that I'll never be the same again. Not in religion, but in relationship. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, if you've been delivered, if God is speaking to you, can we just give him a a praise right now? Come on.